Welcome to That Farm Life, planting hope, harvesting strength. That Farm Life is a production of Eagle Farms at Williams Baptist University. On That Farm Life, we talk about that life that is that of a farmer and their family. We talk about the day-to-day grind, the good times, the tough times, and everything in between. Because farming is more than a job, it's a way of life. And we're here to offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. Now here's your host, Stan Norman. Hello and welcome to That Farm Life Podcast. My name is Stan Norman and I serve as host of this ministry. We are grateful that you have chosen to listen to this podcast today. We are really committed to helping our ag community, those that farm, those that raise livestock. If you're in agriculture, we have this ministry in an effort to help you. As we like to say here, it's okay to not be okay. We just want to try to help you not stay that way. And so we feature all kinds of guests on our podcast to speak to the farming and ag community, to encourage them, to minister to them, and to help them. And today, we are very pleased to welcome Cindy Mfinger to the podcast. So Cindy and her husband, Clint, run a cattle operation near Searcy, Arkansas. They raise registered polled Herefords and sell the bulls, as well as some heifers for breeding stock. They have, devoted a, they have a devoted following of cattlemen who look to them for just the right bull to fit their herd and maybe add to their own breeding stock. And sort of in addition to this, Clint, Cindy's husband, serves on our board of trustees and is a beloved and very valuable member of our board. But today we're going to talk to Clint's better half, Cindy, and we're going to talk about cattle because she really is the one to talk to about this. And so, Cindy, welcome to our podcast. We're glad to have you here today. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Good afternoon. So first thing we want to ask you is, how did you get into the cattle business and how did you get into this unique part of your cattle business? Uh, A little bit of a disaster brought us into the cattle business. Okay, there's a good story there. We want to hear that. Mm -hmm. Um, In 2005, there was a tornado that um, came through the farm where we live. And uh, until that point, my father had a few commercial cattle that he ran. Uh, He was at that point nearing retirement. When the tornado came through, it took out both of his barns and distributed Mm. them along the road and, you know, on some of the neighbor's property and took took out most of the fencing. And like I said, he was nearing retirement and was of an age. He just decided he would, he opted out, sold his cows, and uh, that left an 80-acre farm with no cattle grazing. Clint and I had built a, a home on the on the farm back in 1983, and he kind of left it up to us what what we wanted to do with it. Um, we decided that we didn't want to really bush hog 80 acres, and mm-hmm. that was uh, that, so we we opted to look for a gentle breed of cattle, and that's how we got in with the Herefords. Okay. So um, there's a lot there in that story. I'm going to circle back around in a little bit in our conversation and maybe ask some things that maybe you learned from uh, that family tragedy. But let's talk for a moment about Hereford cattle. And you mentioned they're a gentle 
breed, a gentle kind of cow. Um, talk a little bit more about that particular breed, why they're really attractive to you and how it is to raise them. Uh, that was the number one characteristic or quality we were looking for was something that um, we would feel safe and comfortable in and around. So that gentleness. And they are also very maternal animals. Well, the breed is very maternal. Okay. Um, that was something else we were looking for. Uh, we were older starting this little adventure and uh, didn't know a lot about it. So we relied heavily on um, quality advice from from some great friends and um county extension agent and the gentleman we ended up buying our first five bred heifers from he was a great source of of wisdom and knowledge he was quite helpful did you grow up on a farm i did but well grew up around the farm okay but never really dealt with the cattle much we would you know go out and wander around and fish on the pond but uh Never hands-on with the cattle. So you you got into the cattle business because you didn't want to uh, brush hog the pasture. Was that the only reason, or were there some other things that were also attractive to you in that decision that in addition to the value it's going to have to our land, we think we can do what with the cattle? That was not the only reason. At first, it was a great motivation because we thought we were going to be, you know, that was the lazy man's way out. Well, <laughs> you know, hindsight. Keeping cattle is not a lazy person's <laughs> game. <laughs> hey, that's a big surprise to us now, yeah. but it all ended up this way. Um, yeah. So we you, are just a small peg or small part of the big picture, and it it's just so rewarding mm-hmm. to be able to um, – have any kind of input and uh, produce a quality animal and it's it's just a great great feeling to go out and watch the right now the calves are are we had fall calves and okay. they're three and four weeks old and it's, oh, yeah. it's great to go out and watch them just you know they clint calls it the rocket powered tails when they start <laughs> running and jumping and frolicking around it's it's, it's great fun so the breed is very maternal. Uh, they tend yeah. to be more gentle than others. And uh, you are involved in creating not just a herd, but from what I understand, you have a high-grade breeding stock. So what is it that makes uh, your particular cow uh, a really high-grade breeding stock? What are the characteristics that you look for that you think, okay, there's a good one there and that one's not so good? There are several different things. We we start out, well, we started out with, like I said, the five bred heifers from Mr. Bradley from Rosebud. Okay. And he had been lifelong invested in it and had, you know, we were just blessed that he gave us a good start. The, his cattle had um, good bags. They're um, moderate. They're not small animals they're not overly large uh, we like the dark dark color um, you look for good feet on a cow um, we like to get a bull in a bull we like to get one that has a low birth weight and 
again the dark color because that's that's half of your herd right there. If you if you can get a good quality bird bull, that's a great great start. So you how how large is, do you like to keep your herd? How many head? We like to keep around fifty animals. Okay. Any more than that, we have difficulties trying to keep hay and pasture. Okay. So that that's that's what restricts us the the amount of acreage we have for them to graze and and cut hay on. Okay. And so you raise the breeding stock, and then when they get to the place where you're ready to do something with them. Uh, I'm assuming these are not cattle you take to the sale barn to be processed, that these are high-grade cattle that you sell for breeding stock for others. Is that a fair assessment, or do some of the cows eventually go to the feedlot? Uh, the, the majority, you're correct, the majority of our, our sales are to uh, its private treaty for for breeding purposes. Um, on occasion, with any operation, you're going to have, you know, there there will be a bull and and he's not what we want to represent our farm, so we'll we'll take we'll call some and and take them to the the barn the sale barn. Okay. Um, the first now this is something we'll go backwards for. Um, the first reason we ever call is for temperament, and oh. it's rare with a Hereford, but on occasion you'll get one that's a little bit high spirited or you know just. Plant a laundry, and she'll go to the cell barn again. We don't want that representing our our farm. Mm-hmm. So there's a price to be paid for a cow that gets out of line. That's right. <laughs> now you used a phrase that honestly I've never heard before. So, uh, and there may be some others that are listening that have never heard before, uh, or maybe I'm the only one. But you mentioned the phrase "private treaty." What does that mean? Uh, that is when another producer or rancher comes to you, and it's just rancher to rancher, person to person. It's not at a sale barn. It's not in an mm. auction, anything like that. It's just a private, personal. Okay. They come look at your cattle and purchase it that way. And most of your uh, sales are through that as opposed to the other way? Yes. That that's the vast majority of how how we sell cattle. Okay, wow. So, are there any particular unique things about raising your breed of cattle that may not be the common way? Uh, any feeding requirements that are unusual, or any maintenance issues uh, that are a bit different than raising most cattle? I think it's very similar to raising a commercial herd. The only differences that I would be aware of is the the paperwork. There are. Um, we also participate in the EPD program with the American Hereford Association, and to do that, um, the mother and the sire both have to be registered. We have to weigh the calf at birth, and there are other weights. At weaning, you have to weigh the mother and the calf at weaning, and then there's another weight at a, uh, there's a period, I, I don't know how many days, just off the top of my head, but at a yearling weight that you have to record all that information, and there's hip hots involved, and you uh, turn that information into the American Hereford Association, and that's how they 
calculate the EPDs, and that's on the registration papers. Hmm. So that's that's the only thing I can think of that's a little bit um, beyond a, com- a commercial herd. And, and we have such a small herd. I just can't imagine having a, one of the larger commercial herds like um, – we we have friends that have 700 mama cows and wow. that's a whole different whole different set of issues so i know that some breed little fish well it, it's an important fish especially the, the grade of cattle that you guys are breeding i do know that some breeds tend to be a little more difficult in birthing than than others do how how are herefords for birthing? Are they do they require a lot of attention, or are they pretty low maintenance and are able to handle most of the birthing challenges on their own? Um, most of the time, and I'm very thankful for this. They're able to handle it on their own. On occasion, we'll have to lend assistance. Right. Um. Um. A week ago, Sunday night, we were watching a, a cow. And she's our oldest cow, and she's 12 years old, and she's had several calves and thought, well, this this is going to be easy, and in 30 minutes, we're going to be back in the house. Hmm. Well, it turned into a different story. The calf was presenting wrong. It was coming out the hind seat first, so it was just a um, whole different story than we thought. Ended up in the head gate and Clint's able to manipulate and pull the calf and it, it ended up it was a pleasant and joyful ending it was a wonderful bull calf and it survived and mama's fine so good that you know there are good endings and then there are times where it's it's rough but the herefords generally and here we'll go back to the gentle breed we're very hands-on and there's not any wildness so when you do need to help as a rule of thumb you're able to as opposed to being out in a herd that you know they're not accustomed to a lot of people around and so that's that's a good part that and at the beginning we try to choose a bull that has a low birth weight yeah because we don't don't want to have to deal with pulling cattle. That's a that's a not fun day for anybody. Well, and my next question was going to be about the challenges that you guys face in your operation. So, the challenges of birthing. I, I think most people that raise cattle have those challenges. What, even though your herd's small, that doesn't mean you never have problems or challenges that come up. What are some of those challenges, or maybe the more common challenges that you have to regularly watch for and address? With with the with the birthing part, uh, when it's a first time heifer calving, we like to keep them up close just to make sure things go well. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the good parts about the Herefords is they're very maternal, so they very rarely have we ever had an issue with a cow. Uh, jumping up and running away from the calf, and I've heard stories about that before, and that that would that's too much trouble. Mm-hmm. So well, I'm, I'm thankful for that. Um, I'm trying to think of some more of the issues we've had birthing. We've had multiple sets of twins. Oh, my. But Is that common to the breed, or is that just your herd? Uh, I think it's uh, just 
something, it's not ever the same mother nor by the same bull. So I think it's just one of those things that if you're in it long enough, you're going to have twins. Um, And we, again, another blessing. Every uh, mother that's had twins has raised them off to maturity. Hmm. So that's that's a great thing. Yeah. Uh, Another challenge. Um, just a general challenge we have is time. Um, this time of year, when it gets dark so early, um, try to get the feed out and the hay out. I've been very fortunate that my schedule at work is flexible, so I can come home and get a lot of that done. Um Another challenge we have, and I'm sure that everybody, well, the the time thing is universal for everyone, whether you're a farmer, rancher, or whatever you do. Um, the, probably the biggest challenge we have in the whole operation is um, dealing with weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lack lack of rain. So that that affects your pasture, your hay crop water supplies, and that's probably the most difficult challenge we have, trying to make sure that we have enough hay stored for the entirety of the winter mm-hmm. and keeping quality pasture for the for the cattle to graze. Well, you mentioned a moment ago that coming home from work, so I'm assuming, based on what you just said, that you have a day job, so to speak. Uh and you have a cattle operation in addition to your other job. How How is managing that? I mean, they don't – cows don't always clear their birthing with your work schedule or or <laughs> they get sick or they or they get out or something. How, how do you juggle all that? Well, you, you made a very valid point. And most of the times when they're going to have some kind of an issue, it's going to be on a weekend when when the vets are off. So that's, um, <laughs> yeah. that's the point. Um, uh, the school of hard knocks, that came into play quickly. Hmm. Uh, juggling, my employer is, is really great. So like I said, my, my schedule is flexible, and I'm the one that comes and um, when we have someone that wants to come look at a bull or look at heifers, I can come and, and pull them up into a pen and and have that meeting. Uh, so that part, it's sometimes you have to work on your scheduling a little more than others. And my, my job, my real job, my paying job, um, I can go back and get caught up. So that's it sounds like you got one a great employer. Yeah, it sounds like you got a great employer. Oh yes, good. good. Yes, very thankful for that. So we've talked a little bit about the past, and we talked a little bit about the present. Let's talk a little about the future. Uh, what does the future look like for the cattle industry? What does the future look like for you and Clint in your uh, continuing to raise these high grade kinds of cattle? Um, the future. That's one of those things that not not 
certain about. Sure. We have two children and some grandchildren, and we hope that they will um, enjoy the cattle as we have. They help us out. So uh, right now they're making memories, mm-hmm. like I have good memories of the farm, different memories, but uh, hoping that maybe they will enjoy it and, and continue even after we're gone. Um with us, we're getting older. I don't know how much longer we will continue, uh, especially with the the numbers in the herds. We may have to reduce a few animals just so we can lessen the requirements of hay and feed. Uh, everything else, I hope we can keep a few of the sweethearts around as long as we're around here. It's just a... There's a certain amount of contentment when you can just go out. And like we talked about earlier, the mm-hmm. a successful calving or when they start running around or you know, the, the sounds, the the mama's sounds she makes to the baby and just so they can determine which one's theirs. It's, there, there's a lot of benefits being outside. I love being outside. Um Hopefully, continue as long as health permits, and then the children take over and life is good. So one last question here and kind of circling back around to the growing up on a farm, being involved in the cattle business, sharing this with your family currently, what what are some things or a thing that is the most blessing to you about what you do. There, there's a reason you're doing what you're doing, and certainly it's beyond the, the care of the pasture. There's, you, you've interlaced in some of your comments about the beauty of your herd, the beauty of God's creation, the uh, way it almost just watching and participating it is almost like a, a good for the soul kind of moment. So, just share with us what are some of the blessings that the Lord provides for you in your cattle business? I'm glad you didn't say just one because that would be hard to narrow it down. Uh, um, Blessings. Uh, Enjoying my kids and grandkids. Enjoying the same things that we do. Mm -hmm. Um, They get to watch, watch the calves and it's exciting for them, them as well. That's a blessing. Mm. I love like I love being outside. That's a blessing. There's not too many people that can just take off and wander around in their office and enjoy the the blessings of a, a warm fall afternoon with the sun shining on you and the leaves, the colorful leaves. It's it's great to be outside in the fresh, crisp air. Now when it's snowy and you're having to break ice, that's a different thing. It's a different kind of blessing, enjoy, isn't it? <laughs> enjoy, <laughs> it is. enjoy the moment you can. And I, uh, Another thing I'm thankful for, and, and there was a drought in 2012, 2013. I am thankful for every drop of rain we get. Wow, that's a good word, a, a good reminder of just the simple blessings can be profound blessings, can't they? Absolutely. Wow. Cindy, thank you. I have learned some things today that I did not know, and I hope that those that listen, maybe a few others, have learned a few things that they did not know. 
We're grateful for you and Clint and for what you mean to the school, and we are grateful for what you guys are doing for the cattle community, for the broader uh, farming community. I am fairly confident, knowing the two of you as well as I do, that the breed, the quality of your breed uh, is of the highest quality and that there are many that are fortunate to include your cattle in their herd. So thank you for your work. Thank you for your time, and thank you for joining us on our podcast today. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. We are grateful to you today for listening to That Farm Life podcast. We hope you've been encouraged. We hope you continue to download our podcasts. Uh, If you have ideas for uh, future topics that you would like for us to tackle, please send those to our email address on That Farm Life podcast website, AgriHealth Network uh, website as well. We are appreciative of everyone that listens to us. Thank you for doing so. And remember, keep the faith, keep farming. You've been listening to That Farm Life, planting hope, harvesting strength, with your host, Stan Norman. That Farm Life is a creation of AgriHealth Network and is produced by Eagle Farms at Williams Baptist University. AgriHealth Network exists to offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. You can learn more about AgriHealth Network at agrihealth.net and more about Williams at williamsbu.edu. That Farm Life is produced and edited by Mike Dixon. Chris Grady and Brett Cooper serve as executive producers, and Elizabeth Ring is our production assistant. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep farming and keep the faith.